You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now, for today's show. Welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. According to Velvet Chainsaw Consulting, meeting planners said that 84% of speakers were chosen based on a recommendation from a peer. And that person usually summarized one or more of the stories the speaker told. Now, are the stories that you're sharing in your presentation, are they being retold and are they being referred to meeting planners and securing you more speaking opportunities? Well, someone who knows how to create a signature story that goes viral and doesn't bore people is Carla Riga and who is joining us on today's show. Now, Carla is a trainer for speakers. She's especially in regards to helping them strategize and script so that they can use speaking as a marketing tool. Her specialty is the signature story that helps their reputation go viral. She's been a professional speaker on four continents for over 20 years and has in that time addressed over 1,500 groups. She's written three books and authored over 80 online learning programs for speakers. Now on today's show, Carla's going to share how to structure a speech for maximum effectiveness without hours of hard work. She's also going to be showing us how to create a signature story, one that does go viral without boring the audience, as well as how to weave an offer into a speech without being salesy, something I know many, many speakers struggle with. So welcome to the show, Carla. Well, thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. I'm happy to be here. For speakers today, there is so much noise. There's so many other incredible speakers out there. It's becoming increasingly difficult really to stand out, have our message be heard so that event coordinators and, of course, key decision makers kind of pinpoint our story, our presentation and say, we want her on our stage. It is getting very difficult, isn't it? It is, yes. The story helps you stand out. Do you find that one of the struggles is, I don't really have a story to tell. What is the real uniqueness about my story? And and where do you find good stories? Yeah, that's one of the number one questions I get. I just can't think of anything good to tell. Nothing Mm -hmm. interesting ever happens in my life. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling that way at the beginning too. I was like, who wants to listen to me? (laughs) I don't have anything interesting. So, you know, I always think if you just go through your life in 10 year increments and look for those things that make for a good story, which are conflict or uh, big decisions that you made that made your life go in a new direction or a challenge you overcame or, or some wonderful new thing that Mm -hmm. showed up in your life, you know, those kind of, you know, where your life tilts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your your center of balance gets thrown off. Those always make good stories. And once people realize that, they go, oh, 
I got lots of stories. Yes, yes. And then it comes the the, uh, the challenge, I guess, of well, which story is most relevant and, and which one can I really lead off? Now, I know you're going, we're going to dive in quite deeply into how to create that signature story that goes viral without, of course, boring people. But one of the things I know that you can really speak some great insights into in another area many speakers do get, get um, challenged by is really how to structure a speech for mac- maximum effectiveness. And I guess also within that, then comes the story, our signature story. How do we weave that in? So what are some of the insights you want to share with with women today who are really wanting to structure a speech that is going to impact, is really going to change the lives of, of the audience? Yeah, structure is super important. And so many people I see, they just kind of start writing often at the very last minute when they've been asked to speak. And it just sort of wanders all over the place. And, you know, I just spoke at a at a conference and this guy was doing graphic representations of what the speaker said and he came up to me afterwards and he goes thank you so much for having a strong structure mm. because it made it so much easier for him to do a graphic rep- representation and it made it so much easier for people to take notes and pull out useful things as opposed to when it wanders all over the place <laughs> And I certainly started out doing it that way, and that's kind of normal. Mm. You just kind of go with the wimp. But I find I I well, I have templates for people, and I say, you know, like I have like this paint by numbers kind of thing, mm-hmm. and just sort of plug in. Okay, this is the kind of thing you do first, and this is the kind of thing you do second, and then you can mess with it and add your own creativity in. But I find you know you, you really have to you know get get your you know think of three things for example if you're doing a one hour three and hang everything off that theme and you know I often help people with their TED TEDx talks and of course with them it's like that one idea worth spreading that's mm-hmm. going to make a difference and how it's going to make a difference and so so often people don't really answer that question and it takes a lot of work to distill down okay what what is the problem I want to solve in 18 minutes here (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how can people take action on it right away so sometimes it takes just being really you know getting a whole bunch of ideas down and then you stand back and you look at it I often have people you know, mind map or put stickies on a whiteboard so that they can stand back and see the big picture and go, oh, that's what I'm really saying. Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful to work off of someone. But if you can pull back and not sort of be lost in the linear logical mind when you're doing it so often we've got so many golden nuggets to share and and, and insights and wisdom for our audience but it is really identifying what is that one problem that I want to solve what is that outcome what is the audience going to be really there looking to solve overcoming the challenge and then once we've got that clear idea of the problem then I guess what you're talking about is what are three things that the audience needs to know and then chunking down that and bringing wisdom and insights into those three key areas would that be kind of a really over like a broad framework a broad structure that you would suggest uh, is a good one to start with that's a good one to start with like say you have 60 minutes or 90 minutes Mm -hmm. I would I would only do three points I mean I'm sure you've seen these speakers that get up there and they go I'm going to talk really fast because I have a lot of information (laughs) I want to give you and I want to share with you 
27 things. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that just feels like a fire hose to people and they get overwhelmed. So I always think less is more. Go deep with three main powerful things that you can actually give people a bit of an experience of. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go home and use them. And then they'll refer you mm-hmm. as opposed to feel, people feel like, oh, you know, I, I've got to show them how much knowledge I have and give them lots and then I'll be of value. But that's not really true. What's true is if you give them something that they really get, even if it would just be one thing. Mm, yeah, great, great. Structure is really important. It allows us to take our audience on a journey. And if we happen to have a graphic person there who's depicting it in graphics, it's going to make their job a whole lot easier from the feedback that you got. So then we move into the story. I mean, really how to create a story. You've already mentioned that, you know, maybe conflict, something that's gone on in our life or in our business or in our journey, maybe a big decision that we had to make, some of the challenges that we needed to overcome. Are there any other suggestions that really help us pinpoint maybe some of the stories or the experiences that we've had can really be crafted into an incredible story that moves our audience? Well, what I always like to think about is, okay, what is the solution that you're giving people and how did you create that in your own life? Mm. So for example, I taught conflict resolution and team building for years. And so I often think, okay, what is a conflict that I overcame successfully or what is a you know a team that I was part of that had fallen apart and we got ourselves back together and so then I tell a little short story about that and I and I tell people how I use it so it's short do you want me to share it oh yeah great yeah so I say, I was co-facilitating a team building workshop with a colleague, and this was in the days of faxing, and we often worked together on proposals that we'd send out to clients. And of course, ironically, we were teaching conflict resolution, and we had a big conflict. (laughs) (laughs) He faxed over to me a copy of this proposal letter to a client with a note that said, take a look at this. So I have an undergraduate degree in English, and he knew that, so I took about half an hour out of my busy schedule and went through the letter carefully finding better ways to say things, caught grammar and spelling mistakes, and then faxed it back to him. Well, then I got an angry email saying he didn't appreciate my feedback at all. Oh, dear. I, <laughs> I was confused. And instead, but I felt like firing back an angry email, which is so seductive, isn't it always? Mm-hmm. But I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I got on the phone with him and I asked that very important question you always need to ask when there's a clear misunderstanding. What has happened that made you get angry or Mm -hmm. get upset or say those things. And so now I always say that question instead of get defensive and it saved a lot of heartache and unnecessary escalation of conflict. So it helped me get right down to the misunderstanding right away. He had already sent off the proposal before he sent it to me. In fact, it was because of this proposal he had landed us a huge contract in his words, take a look at this, meant take a look at this. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Can't tell things on facts and email, right? So he was expecting praise, not corrections. Yes. So I, you know, I apologized for the misunderstanding, reassured him that, yes, of course, it was excellently written. I was just trying to make it, you know, perfect it and Mm -hmm. that he got the contract. And once I apologized and reassured him, I believed in what a good proposal writer he was, he 
totally calmed down mm. and then we laughed about it and let it go and moved on yeah yeah and if i tell that story during a presentation everyone always remembers to use that phrase what has happened that made you say or do that mm. but if i don't tell a story with it they don't remember to use it in their regular life mm -hmm. that was obviously a, a really great insight but how you shared that story and the story in itself immediately takes us back to perhaps the time when we experience conflict uh, we can understand the situation that you were in and kind of thinking oh no what did you do you know i've been in that situation and of course sharing the that great statement which by the way i've written down i love that one it really educates in a way that uh, as you say people really can can um, take that away and they'll remember that and of course they'll remember you because you're the person who who shared that story tell us a little bit about how to tell a story that people don't really get the impression that you're going on and on and on about yourself and, and not only them but sometimes we can too uh, so we tend to want to rush we skip over things and really take away the overall context which makes that story so special yeah people get really worried every client I work with they go well why why should I tell a personal story well people just think I'm going on and on about myself yes. and first off I always like to say your story is your resume I find as mm -hmm. a speaker as a leader as an expert it gives people vital information about you in a very short period of time with kind of brevity and, and depth in a way that you know, if you know how people read an intro of a speaker and they, nobody really listens, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. right? But if you tell a story about your background leading up to why you are an expert on the solution that you're offering, then people really, it builds credibility, it builds the like, know, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. So as long as your story ties into your message, like I know people go, oh, this really cool thing happened to me. You know, I, I climbed to the base camp of Mount Everest. And so they tell that story because it's fascinating. But afterwards, people kind of go, that was fascinating, but I didn't really learn anything. Yes. <laughs> like, how do how can you tie that in? I worked with a client recently who'd climbed to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, and she was teaching people how to do better in their business she had everyone was a commission-based salesperson and she was motivating and mentoring them and I said well you know let's find the parallels between what your climbing guide said to you that you need to say to your your sales team mm -hmm. and and we and we found three parallels and so she told a story from the context of how to climb a mountain how to climb the mountain of being a better salesperson and so then she could tell that story and people were like fascinated but at the end they also said that was useful for me in my life mm -hmm. and, and and I always think it's very important to add this statement in if you're worried that people think, why is she going on about herself? <laughs> you say, I'm telling you this because I'm hoping it will inspire new ideas for you in your sales career or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant because what you've just done is you've pre-framed it, you've given it context so that people can can hear and, and see, oh, this is going to be relevant to me and it's relevant to this situation, you know, the outcome that the speaker is going to share. And this really leads me to a time where I was listening and I was in the, a group of uh, an audience of other businesswomen. My daughter was there and a couple of her friends too. And the speaker started telling a story. Now, the way she told the story was fantastic. I mean, the whole story was curd going 
going on her journey. And as you said, it was very interesting, you know, the Mount Kilimanjaro story. But we were thinking and we gave each other feedback later. What on earth did that have to do with the what we were there to learn? And it wasn't till like five minutes later when that storyteller came to the end of the story that she tied it all together. But by that time, us, you know, kind of ambitious, driven, a type almost people were thinking this is no relevance to us now that is something that we need to as you said pre-frame it this beautiful statement i'm telling you this because and then share why it's relevant so that people can really be with you they can be taken on that journey what are some other things carla the do's and don'ts of story crafting and then maybe even let's talk later about story delivery because i think that's really important too but for now what are some things we need to be aware of not to do when we're crafting our story and and some of the things that we do need to be mindful of well one of the biggest mistakes i see is people not saying something at the beginning of the story that would make people curious kind of like what we said there like the reason i want to tell you this story is Mm -hmm. or you know like a story is always a promise it's a great book by that title that you're going to promise that they're going to get something out of the story because we've all sat around the dinner table with the uncle who says let me tell you about when i was three and you're like oh no that's right so you don't want to have that reaction from your audience you want to make it clear of the benefit of listening at the beginning and then and then the other big don't that I see people do is they sit, they take way too much time setting up the platform of I call it setting the platform where they give this huge long background. <laughs> yeah, you want to get to the interesting part as quickly as possible. And the interesting part is the always the moment of the conflict, the moment of the the you know I always use that example of the Wizard of Oz, right? You have to. St- tell the beginning of the Wizard of Oz where she's in Kansas and her life is boring but you want to get to the tornado as quickly as possible you know the whole movie was about you know her picking eggs you know for her auntie (laughs) wandering around with her dog nobody would be interesting but you know as soon as you know you get to the tornado that's the interesting part and you see what happens after that so you want to do that Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible so by that I mean the change the conflict the new decision whatever throws off the stability of the main character of the story which is usually you if it's your personal signature story Mm -hmm. yes love those People sometimes ask me, do I always have to tell my own story or can I tell someone else's story? And of course, you can always tell a famous person's story. You know, you just obviously say where you got it from or if you're mm-hmm. going to tell the, a story of a client, you know, you, uh, a success story, you ask them uh, permission first. But, um, you know, I often told this story about this woman named Nelsa Curbelo, who and her platform tilt was walking the streets at night talking to gangs and I I was really talking about you know how to be a great team leader when I was telling this story and I gave about you know five sentences of setup who she was where she was living and the problem that she was trying to solve she was you know living in Ecuador and she was a nun and she was a teacher and she wanted to make a difference Mm -hmm. helping kids get off the street boom and then I tell you know there she is walking the streets uh, at night with the gangs so, um, and when I first heard somebody else tell that story, it w- it went on for a really long time before they got there. So I realized I had to chunk it down into like ah. five sentences, boom, before you, 
and then you can get right into the story. Mm-hmm. And, and then the woman who had told it the first time saw me speak, she goes, oh, my God, you told that so much better. What was it that you did that made it better? And yes. she, I said, I, the setup was five sentences no longer. And she says, okay, great delivering that story without boring people because we can have the best structure the best you know sentences yet how we deliver that almost puts our audience to sleep what are some things that we need to be aware of when we're delivering our signature story yeah well i'm always a big proponent of not apologizing for yourself in any way i know that's a real basic thing but Mm -hmm. i still see people who are professional speakers do this where they go well i'm gonna tell you a story i have something i want to talk about but gosh i didn't get much sleep last night and i'm not sure i'm gonna remember the story oh (laughs) wow and you're like sitting there going i don't need to know that right right. you just want to Go out there and give it your best, even if you had one hour of sleep and you're hungover and you know you're not going to remember the story, fake it. Yes, they're not going to know, are they? They weren't there living your journey with you alongside you. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and people get very perfectionist. They go, oh, my God, I forgot the most important part of the story. I'd never say that. No. You know, if I miss something, I go, oh, let me just add in one more thing that's important for you to know. Yeah, yeah. It's how you deliver it. Like you could just say within that story now, the most important aspect of this, and then you can introduce it. It's how we deliver it. That really makes a, it can make a difference for sure. Yeah, and I always feel like I think you should rehearse in front of a mirror or in front of your webcam or whatever and mm-hmm. really st- Try getting big with it, like with your arms and your body and do act outs. I mean, I have a background in theater, so we would always, you know, you're talking on the phone, you put a phone to your ear, you know, you're walking down the street. I actually walk across the stage. I tell I tell this story about where I, I get to this intersection with about 10 people and we're all standing there in the rain and a, there's a big mud puddle in front and a bus comes by and mud goes over everybody. And so when I'm standing there, I'm going, I, I show people where I am. And I said, there's like 10 people and I'm standing there and I, and I actually step, I stand on the step next to the stage and then I step off the stage <laughs> too. And then I'm wiping mud off my, my face and, you know, and people are there with me as opposed to if I don't do that. Mm, yes. And just the way your voice, you know, your tonality, the the speed in which, you know, you speed up when there's a little bit of tension, you've slowed down when, you know, you, and that can really impact uh, the audience as, as well. In a situation where you share your story and maybe there was supposed to be laughter or some kind of reaction from the crowd, because I'm sure we've all been there, there's blank faces and it's kind of like, <laughs> okay, well, that went down really well. What do, what do we do in those situations? Well, if it's really obvious, I always go, I think we had a disconnect there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually just joke around. If you joke around with yourself and you laugh about it, then they'll be relieved. There's nothing worse than watching a speaker become mortified on stage because yes. it's cringy for everybody. So I always go, I see that bombed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I may need to rework that Mm -hmm. or what did I miss? And, you know, sometimes if it's a smaller group, somebody from the front row will say, 
you didn't tell us how she got to the door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you. Because, <laughs> you know, in your excitement to tell this story, you forgot the most important thing, which would make sense yes. to everybody. And so I just joke around with people about it I think when we're honest like that we can joke a little bit about ourselves we might say well you know my my prospective career as a comedian well I just cross that off my list because that is going to get laughter I think and then then you can move on and I think that's just so important moving on but we talked I talked a little bit about vulnerability you shared be vulnerable and and that can often create a laugh but when you're sharing a story sometimes what's happened in our own personal journey can be really emotional for us when we're talking about vulnerability and maybe even graphic how vulnerable and how graphic should we be in our story yeah I get that question a lot because I help people create their signature story and Mm -hmm. usually they're going to talk about something really intense like Mm -hmm. I often talk about my mother who died of cancer and on her deathbed she she was very serious all her life and at when she found out she was terminal she became very much into enjoying her life and laughing and having fun and she had this complete personality change and and so on her deathbed she said you know you're a little bit too much like me Carla you're very serious and I appreciate that you've tried to follow in my footsteps but you know don't spend your whole life racing around frustrated and worried and fretting and not enjoying the moments because you don't know when your last date will be. I know mine is tomorrow mm. or the next day or the next week. And so I have this huge motivation. But, you know, don't spend your life doing what I did. And she had told me that, you know, the last few months of her life were the funnest months of her life when she's sick with cancer. Mm. And so I, I often tell that story because I a big part of my message is how important it is to have joyful moments in your life and not be always so goal oriented. Cause I was very, you know, a type a person. It is like, unless it's make, you know, achieving my goal, I'm not going to do it. Right. Yes. And everyone in my family was like that, but I wanted to be more like her. And I went out and share that message. Well, you know, the first time I told that story was to a meeting planner who had taken me out for dinner after. And she said, you know, why do you, teach what you teach which was marrying work and and play you know Mm -hmm. that was one of my topics and she said I said oh I don't know um and we started talking about I go well I guess I and I started to remember I I made this promise to my mom on her deathbed and I started to cry yeah when I was telling her this woman that and she was like oh you know it was a little bit awkward she's giving me Kleenex and uh, I couldn't even get the story out it was so vulnerable and she but after I sputtered it out she said well, you have to tell that story mm. because that's, I, I really get it. But I was too afraid to tell it because I thought, I just don't want to break down in tears on stage. That seems unprofessional. Yet I also want to be emotionally connected to the story. Mm-hmm. Too. I don't want to sound like a robot either. So what I had to do was write the story and work on the story and practice it many times. And there's this interesting phenomenon that if you do tell a story that was very intense for you, that the telling of the story helps it leave the trauma leave the they call it the you know the back brain hippocampus moves it into the forebrain where you extract the learning Mm -hmm. and then once you've extracted the learning you're not going to get triggered by the story in the same way yes so in fact i even teach a whole story called mine a whole course called mind story about how we can improve ourselves at a personal growth level through 
telling our stories and telling them often enough. So you have to get to that place. You don't want to be a big sputtering mess on stage, mm. but you also want to be emotionally connected yes. to your story. So that takes some rehearsal and, and really asking yourself, if you're still sputtering about it, you haven't learned the lesson of that story for yourself yet. Mm -hmm. And you have to have learned it and embodied if you're going to use it as a teaching story. Now, let's just move on to the last piece, because many of us are speaking because we do want to share the story, yes, and, and the learnings with the audience, and also then lead people into who are ready to say yes to working with us so that we can really give them the more, more support that we are offering. But one thing many of us who are heart-centered uh, entrepreneurs find it very difficult to put that call to action in there. So what are some, some insights that you want to share today that allow us to weave an offer into our speech where we don't feel like we're sounding salesy? Well, I think it's storytelling. If you tell a story, people go into a different part of their brain. They go into like, oh, I'm going to listen to a story now. Their their right brain opens up. Their creative mind, their long-term memory opens up. And so they're not in that judgmental, discriminatory place mm -hmm. of, oh, now she's making an offer, right? You're telling the story of, <laughs> yeah. you know, how you helped a client and, you weave in kind of the things that you did to help the person. And so at the very end, when you say, and by the way, I do offer this coaching or I do offer this as a DVD or whatever it is that your offer is. Uh, and that's all you need to say because you've already taken them through the journey and people put themselves in the story, right? They, they go, mm -hmm. oh, that would be really good if she could, you know, pull me aside and go through my life and help me find those great stories <laughs> and yes. work on my every gosh how do I get her number right they're already thinking that right and Absolutely. so when you just say that at the end you only have to say you know two sentences and they're sold right because you did it in the story yeah makes sense and that, that's right I mean, and so many of us what we do is because we feel a little bit awkward in that situation and again it's something that we need to practice so that it does flow as part of that story and if we do remain stuck what ends up happening is we don't give any call to action and for those people who are ready to step forward not hearing a call to action they remain stuck and so they just assume that we're not offering that so well that leads us into having an opportunity to hear you share I know you've got um, some incredible resources that you share and you offer for speakers who want to learn more so Carla what what is what is that uh, that gift that resource that you want to share with people today <laughs> people go to my website artistryofchange.com because I'm all about being an artist of change out there in the world artistry of change uh, you can see there's a tab called free, free stuff, and I have free webinars and free tools that you can access. And then there's also a products tab, and you can see I have an online course called Storytelling in Business and Speech Crafting uh, there. And, and then on my coaching tab, if you want to get personal coaching, just go to coaching, you apply, we interview each other, see if it's a good fit, and then I can tell you a little bit more about how it works. But you can see it all on my website. Fantastic. And of course, we will put a link in the show notes as, as well. So Carla, before we end up the show, are there any last words of wisdom you want to share with people today? Just that I believe everybody has 
thousands of stories within them. And people get surprised when I say that. But the minute you start pulling stories out, and I remember the first time I told a story, I went, well, this is it. This is my only story I have to tell. <laughs> but it started like a snowball effect. And I go, well, actually, there's this other story, another story. And now I have a database of all my stories. I have 635 stories wow. that I can use. <laughs> and all the keywords are in there. So I go, oh, I have a team building workshop. Let me pull up all my team building stories. And then I pick which ones I want. And they're all written out. And they're ready to go. And I just have to kind of re-memorize them and ready to go. So it that is one of the smartest things I ever did to become a well-sought-after speaker. Carlos, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's been so great chatting with you today. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.